Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 and just the beginning of it. And hope maketh not ashamed. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. This person said, have you ever heard this? Fool me once. Shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me 350,000 times. You're probably a meteorologist. <laughs> you know, the weatherman's the only one that can fool you every day. Have you ever looked at that? Have you ever looked at the app on your phone instead of opening your window? It's like, I wonder what the weather is outside. Let me check the app. How about check the window? Open up the window. You can act the door. You can actually check the weather and it will actually be correct. Have I ever looked at my phone? It says raining and I look outside. It is not raining. <laughs> you know that fool me 350,000 times. <laughs> but I like to I like to preach on the thought of a message. So I was reading this morning in the book of Acts chapter five as these disciples were speaking about speaking about Jesus and they got arrested and they uh, the the Jewish officers not the police but the Jewish officers of the of the temple laid their hands on him put him in the prison and then in the middle of the night the Holy Ghost just opened up the prison doors like those Walmart doors and he said hey go speak to these people all the words of this life so they walked out of jail and then they went right back and began to preach again and of course, it caused a no small stir, right, among the authorities. And they called the, the captain of the officers and said, hey, what gives? And they said, we went and checked the prison and it was shut safely. And, and, and it, there were no problems in the prison. And so this time they brought them without violence. I like this. Because they would have been stoned if they did it with violence. And they brought them and uh, uh, they asked them why they were doing and speaking in the name of Jesus. And uh, a man named Gamaliel, who was in reputation or uh, in love of the Jewish leadership, he gave them some rational advice. He said, hey, if these people aren't of God, it's just going to come to nothing. But if these people are of God, then who are we to fight against God? He said, what are we going to do if it's God? If, these, if Peter is speaking the gospel, if he's speaking the right message. And so it says here in verse 39 of Acts chapter 5, But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And it said, And they departed from the presence of the council. Excuse me. And to him they agreed. So they agreed with Gamaliel. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they had to get a few licks in on the apostles. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Shh, don't talk about Jesus anymore. Boy, sounds like 2022, right? Oh, man, I'm going to say something that's going to make someone uncomfortable today. That's what they didn't want. Don't you talk about Jesus. I figure everyone else is coming out of the closet. Why don't they let Jesus out of the closet? Amen. And that's what they tried to say. 
You're going to offend somebody. Uh, don't talk about Jesus anymore. And it said, and they let them go. And I like, it says, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were worthy, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Now, notice they weren't ashamed, but they were shamed. And it said, I like this. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. It was almost as if they were going nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Have you ever seen someone do that? Go, uh, 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 uh. And it's in any language. When someone does something that they think is going to get a reaction out of somebody, these disciples said, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. You are not going to make me ashamed of the gospel. You are not going to stop me from talking about Jesus Christ. And I would like to preach on that thought. I would like to preach on the thought of not being ashamed. Not being ashamed. You know, in this today's world, we're taught that you can't say this. And you can say this. And if you're this, you can say this. If you're not, you can't say this. And we're trying to be put in a box about being careful not to offend this one or offend that one. I like what the song said. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just going to worship Jesus. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to marginalize anybody. The, the message of Jesus Christ will take us out of being ashamed. Not ashamed. The Bible says in our Bible reading, and hope maketh not ashamed. I don't know if you've ever been on a playground. People can, now we learn this as children. I remember my daughter, she was young and we were at the mall and they have a little playground at the mall. And it's the cheapest place in the mall, right? You just go and spread germs on the playground. Well, it's expensive because you got to go, anyway, whatever. So I just let her play in the playground and there had this little car there. And then there, was, there were these kids in the car. And it was a fake car, like a little, you know. And, and my daughter wanted to get in the car with the kids. And it was funny. I just sat by. I wasn't a helicopter parent, okay? Like, you know, right by, let my kid in. I was just sitting there and the kids didn't want her. They were pushing her out of the car. Say, preacher, that's wrong. It's an injustice. No, it's the playground, okay? That's what happens on the playground. And I was just watching what my daughter would do. So I was just sitting there. Now, this is when she was like two or three years old. This is years ago. She's the grand old age of eight, okay? So <laughs> the kids were like, no, and they were pushing her out, and she just smiled, and she just got right in there and just, and just kind of like plunked right down in there. And I don't think they threw her out. Once she was in there, why? Because kids, you know what? You can shame a kid, but kids, if they're, you know, you raise them in, in some security of who they are, they're just not ashamed. They're like, look, we're just going to play. It doesn't matter if you don't want me to come. I want to get in the car. But you know what? On the playground, people can shame you, but they need your permission to make you ashamed. They need your permission. And you know, I think some of us, we need to take people out of the permission status to make us ashamed. You need to take them off the list of those that can make you ashamed as a believer in Jesus Christ. You see, you can shame a Christian, but you know what? 
You can't make me ashamed. In the beginning, it was like this. The Bible said that man, create, man was created out of the dust of the ground. And you know that the, the ground has the same minerals as we do in our body. So, oh, what a coincidence. No, because we were made out of dirt. Amen. It's true. And my name, my name, my first name is Adam. And uh, that was the name that God gave to the first man. And it can be translated as reddish from the blood in the face or earthy. Well, that's what I came from. And we all came from dirt. Have you ever heard God made the dirt and the dirt don't hurt? Now, it doesn't mean you let them eat sewage, but if kids just munch on garden soil, they'll probably be okay, all right? Just dirt. Don't swallow, but you never made a mud pie? Most kids have, right? You made a mud pie, and you got to try the mud pie, right? Ever eaten a dog biscuit before? I mean, we try these things. What happened? I don't know. It's probably healthier than the Twinkies that I ate growing up, the dog biscuit. Okay. It was a milk bone, in case you want to try one. But the Bible says that, and they were both naked, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25. So he made man and he made woman. And it said, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So preacher, you have a grown man and a grown woman, and they were naked and not ashamed? you got to understand, there was no one else on the earth, okay? It's not like they were going to expose themselves to anything but the animals, and that's okay. But, you know, kids, by nature, they're not ashamed when they're naked. And you don't know that until you have a kid. Because my wife and I had the door open, and this was, again, some years ago, okay? And my daughter, in her undies, shoo, she just ran outside. And we were outside talking, and so she thought it'd be fine. Just come on outside in your underwear and begin to talk like the rest of us, you know? And my wife and I, once we saw it, what did we do? <laughs> we were surprised she wasn't ashamed. But you know what? We were probably a little ashamed. We were like, okay, let's get this little thing back inside and maybe get some clothes on. At least, you know, help us out a little bit. Put a top on or something. But you know that kids are just not ashamed. What? They don't have that sense of shame and guilt. They just, whether they have clothes on or whether they don't, you have to catch them before they run outside. Now, my daughter had undies on, but some kids, they make it out without a stitch on, right? They're in their birthday garments and they just run out there and you're running after that kid trying to catch them outside. But you know that I'm thankful that, that, that God, he created people and that's why God created us. He showed us that he created us to fellowship with us where there was literally nothing between us and God. There was that way and that's what God did until something happened and we all know the account. That God had said there's one thing you don't do and it was eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible said that the woman, she saw that it looked good for food and it was desired to make one wise. And she took it and ate it and gave it to Dummy. Dummy was standing right next to her. She gave it to her husband that was right with her. And he partook of that fruit and it said what? Their eyes were open. Oh. And what came to their eyes? Well, the knowledge came to their eyes. It was the knowledge of good and evil. Sin came to their eyes. They realized that they were not right with God. And I remember that when I came to 
to a church service when I was in the Marine Corps and uh, I sat down and the preacher began to, even before that, the service started and I realized I felt a sense of shame, ashamed. And I was ashamed of my life. And the Adam and Eve were immediately ashamed. You know what they did? They went and hid themselves, right? They put on a bush. You know, they, they just hid behind a bush. They had some camouflage to camouflage their nakedness. And then they sewed together fig leaves to make themselves like a covering for their nakedness. Because we adults know there's something about it. Adults, you know, we know we're supposed to have something on, right? We, we just know that. And I know that people can go to the beach and they like, you know, barely legal on the beach. And then, but if they go to McDonald's, they put stuff on. Why? Because you have ever seen that sign? No shoes, no shirt, no, no service, right? And we, we know that we're supposed to put clothes on. And uh, the Bible says, though, that what did God do? Did he rebuke them? No, he didn't rebuke them. He said uh, he made the first sacrifice. Uh, an animal was sacrificed, and he made them coats of what? Skins. God made them a covering. God covered what? He covered, he was giving a, a premonition to what would happen when Jesus died on the cross. He was making a covering for not only their nakedness, but foreshadowing that the innocent would have to die for the sins of the guilty to take away our shame. The Bible says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That Jesus came to bear our shame. The Bible says that when he came, I'm not ashamed that Jesus came to cover my shame. Jesus came to take away the separation between us and God. So that we could go back to being that little kid. You know, being a Christian is kind of like being a little kid. You just kind of like happy-go-lucky and that shame is taken away. You can be who God wanted you to be. You know, some of the things that, uh, that if kids grow up in a Christian home, they don't understand some of the things that are going on out in the world because they're just taught to love people. They're taught to accept people. And you know that you don't have to believe everything someone believes, but Jesus said you have to love them. You have to, you have to love them. Why? They're people. It's a preacher, but they believe this and they believe that. And I believed all kinds of stuff. But Jesus came to die for my sins that he could bring me in to his love. And I'm not ashamed to love people. I'm not ashamed. Because I'm not ashamed of the message. There's a message that God gives us. The Bible says that I... So this is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, it doesn't cause me shame. And you know, the gospel of Christ, it divides, right? It's exclusive. Truth by nature is exclusive. You can't do two plus two and get 22. So a preacher, what if we all agree that it's 22? Well, it's, it's really not. <laughs> but what if we take a survey, democracy? You know, we can't, we cannot change the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news that Jesus died for our sin. But you see, when he died for our sin, we have to understand that sin is what causes shame. It's not just pride, but Jesus came to take away the source 
of our shame. He came to take away the source of our problems. It's really not someone else. You know, sometimes we need to look in the mirror and say, you know, the biggest problem that I have to face is Donald Trump. No, it's not. <laughs> Preacher, he's on Twitter. Who cares? There's like millions of people on Twitter. Biggest problem is Joe Biden. And I wanted to say both just to give equal love, right? Okay, look, that's not the problem in the world. The problem in the world is go look in the mirror. That's the biggest problem in the world. And you know what? The biggest problem I've got to solve, the biggest mountaintop, is me. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, the one who was persecuting Jesus Christ, when Jesus found him on the road to Damascus, he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. He said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And then Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, said, he said, what? wilt thou have me to do? He said, I'm ready to make a change. And later Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, let me tell you what the message will do. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You know that I'm thankful that God's gospel gives us a reset. You know, this very, this very morning, I'm going to tell you, give you an intimate look into the reality show of Pastor Bigelow's morning. The busiest day of Pastor Bigelow's week, Sunday morning. Plus, plus that uh, uh, we're having a potluck and we're doing other things. And, and uh, you know, there's a phone call and a message on the phone. And exactly right there. Ding. And so all of these things are happening with Pastor Bigelow. And then we're laid out the door. Have you ever been there? Late to get out the door. So maybe that's all of us today, okay? Me too. And so what happens? A little bit irritated. <laughs> I got a little bit irritated. I got a little bit irritated at my daughter. I got a little bit irritated at my wife. And my daughter acted. What did she do? Well, I made a bad decision. And when I get irritated, I, I, I disseminated some coupons to my daughter. You know what a coupon is? Okay. And it said one free reset, and I initialed it. That means my attitude resets when she plays that coupon. Doesn't matter what my feelings say, okay? And so I'm here being irritated. I knew she went, uh, oh no. I saw her leave the room, and I'm like, I know what she's gonna do. Oh no, she's going to get that coupon. You see, I issued the coupon. I can't deny the coupon. I put my name on the coupon. So I, as she's coming back, I'm like, I don't want her to come near me, you know, like stay away. I know if you ever do that, you know what someone's going to say. And you know that you're the one that authorized it. You know, when God's word comes back, we authorized it when Jesus came into our life. When God lays something on our heart about forgiveness, it's God that wrote the word. It's us that said, we believe you, Jesus. And the Bible, so she came and she gave me that little yellow piece of paper, said one reset. I'm like, okay. And she goes, she smiles, and I walk back in, head kind of low, just a little bit, and I hugged my wife. And what'd you do? I reset my attitude. Say, preacher, it's not that simple. Why not? 
You see, when Jesus died, it's to give us salvation. It's a reset. What the cross happens when our sin is taken away, we don't have any more sin. That's exactly what Jesus did. Paul said, I'm not ashamed because God gave me forgiveness. I didn't deserve it. I wasn't meriting it. But God laid it out and said, you know what? You can just be right with God right now. I'm going to make you not ashamed. I'm going to give you a free reset. I'm going to take away all of your sin, but I'm going to take away the guilt of sin. I'm going to take away the stain of sin. I'm going to take away the record of sin. You know, if you clear your search history on your phone, it's not clear. Cyberspace, cyberspace, everything that you do is there forever. It's true. If you send someone a nasty text on Twitter, if you text President Trump on Twitter and tell him where to get off the bus, and then you say, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase it. Guess what? It's still there. And it's been copied and pasted and it's all over the place. So brethren, uh, when, we, when we're on in the internet, let's be mindful. It's there forever. If you're going to put something down, so I really meant it. Well, just so you know, if you change your mind, it's still going to be there. <laughs> but when Jesus Christ wiped out our sins, he really cleared the search history. The Bible said he cast our sins behind his back. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the greatest defender. You can't get past Jesus to get to those sins. Jesus washed away our sins. He separated our sins as far as the, where's the east? Right there. As far as the east from the west. You know, that's a big deal. I've explained this before. We live on a globe, right? If you travel north, you're going to come to the North Pole, right? And then you're going to begin to do what? Travel south. Until this one man went to the South Pole and he said, your GPS all starts to point north. Everywhere that you, everywhere that you go, your GPS starts going haywire because everything's north if you're down in the south, in the South Pole. So you can't cast the sins as far as the north is from the south, right? Because if you travel, you're going to find them. But it didn't say that in the word of God. Now, if you begin to travel east, if you just head off and start swimming down, and you won't get very far. The shark will take care of you, right? He won't be ashamed. But you start swimming out there. If you start swimming east, you'll never find west. If you start walking west, you might go into the bog and find some gators somewhere if you go get out outside of Jacksonville. But you're never going to find east. And that's why God separated us from our sins where it's impossible for us to find them under the blood of Jesus Christ. And you see, the purpose of that was... God does not want you to be ashamed. He wants you to be free from sin. You say, oh, preacher, you don't know what kind of person I was. You know what? I'm not saying this in the wrong way, but I don't care how bad it was because I'm telling you what kind of savior that we serve. The Bible said in Isaiah chapter 50, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. God allowed his beard. Did you ever read that? Jesus had a beard. Had. Because they plucked it out when he was getting ready to go to the cross. They spit on his face. Now, when I was, if my sister ever listens to this, when I got really mad at my little sister, when I was a little fella, like, you know, five or six or 13. No, just kidding. Like five or six. And the worst thing you could do is spit on somebody. It's worse than actually hitting somebody. It shows contempt. And I, I think I probably did that once to my sister. I, I, 
I, I don't know so long ago, but I still feel bad about that. I mean, I don't, you know, I, we pulled each other's hair. She can't pull my hair now. <laughs> but isn't it something that Jesus, it said he hid not his face from shame and from spitting. He allowed them. He, did, he didn't even, you know, when someone does something to you, you don't want, you kind of curl up. You put your hands up. It said that Jesus just opened his face up and allowed them to spit on him and allowed them to pluck his beard off. Say, preacher, why? Because Jesus was on a mission to take away our shame. And so Jesus, he bore our burdens. He bore our shame. The Bible said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, the Bible says, that we are healed. He bore the shame, we get the forgiveness. He bore the sin, we get the freedom from sin. The Bible says the last thing is that God is not ashamed of you. You know, a lot of times if someone grows up and they think that their parents are ashamed of them, you know what they'll do? They'll grow up with a complex. Say, my dad told me I wasn't good enough. And I, this is absolutely true. If your, mom, if, you, if your mom says, well, you're not a cheerleader. You need to be a cheerleader. God, let my daughter not be a cheerleader, okay? Some of that stuff goes down the wrong pathway, okay? But if your parents tell you, hey, you're wonderful, you're our blessing, now, I'm not talking about saying that your kids are perfect. None of us are perfect. But if you give your child an identity that you're someone special, God made you, God knows you, God cares about you. You see, those grow up to be adults that they spread the same message that they receive, don't they? You know what? God loved me. That's what God loves you. God can change you. God can bless you. God can make you not ashamed. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 16, but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. You know that God's not ashamed of you. God died for you. So preacher, I haven't, I'm not a Christian yet. Well, you know, it's the sin that caused shame. And if we want the shame to go away, all we need to do is get rid of the sin and let God forgive us and let God wash us. And God's not ashamed of you. He made you. He knows the things that we've done, but he made a way out of all of the repercussions for the things we have done. He made a way to change us, but he also made a way to make us not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. So preacher, being a Christian isn't that popular right now. You've got this ideology and that ideology. Guess what? That's okay. I think my daughter's PE teacher last year had a, was a girl and she was married to another girl. There's a lot of ideologies out there. But you know what? I want to be a Christian. Because you see, the world needs to see that there's a reality in God. So what did you say about that? I said nothing. In fact, my daughter was really uh, sad that they moved because she liked uh, the, uh, the son. Get got along with the son of the PE teacher. You know, Christ is there to reach out to people, not to shut up. Not to put walls up, but to open up and love a message. Because it says, and hope maketh not ashamed. And if you know if you're a Christian today, it says because the love of God comes out of our hearts. By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You know the reason, if you, if you, uh, 
if you pop a basketball, you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna explode outward, right? Not inward. Because that air pressure is pushing outward. And it's the same if you, if you pop a Christian, you know what's gonna come out? Love, forgiveness, joy. So a preacher, but the Christian didn't deserve that, but that's what they did with Jesus. They crucified him. You know what came out? Forgiveness. When his blood flowed, it was joy. You know, we still sing about the blood 2,000 years later. Why? Because, because Jesus died for me. I don't have to be ashamed. Because Jesus died for me. I can, you know, sometimes I'll lift up my hands when I'm driving. Don't do that. I'll put my hands on this, my, my knees on the steering wheel, and I'll just lift my hands up. Say, preacher, that's not safe. But you do it when you're eating a Big Mac in your drink, okay? Or when you're putting makeup on and talking on the phone. So other people do it. I'm just unsafe when I worship, okay? <laughs> but I'm not ashamed, I'm telling you. And I told the whole world, because this is recorded. So if you're a cop, look for me, okay? <laughs> Say, Jesus is my pilot. I'm just the co-pilot, right? He's driving. Like, wasn't that lady that sang that song? Jesus, take the wheel. So I'm just like... <laughs> but I'm not ashamed. And you know what? With heads bowed and eyes closed, let me tell you today... Sin causes shame, but there's a way out. <laughs> you know, in this society, there's going to be people that look at you different things and they say different things and they believe that's okay. It's always been that way. But let me tell you a way that you don't have to be ashamed anymore. That God can restore your relationship just like the Garden of Eden before the fall of man, before sin came into the world. And it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It cleanses us from all sin. And the Bible said that just by simply, by faith, accepting the work of the cross, that our shame goes away. Our shame goes away at being different. You know, the church was never meant to be the same as the world. Because then how would they be an example for Christ if they were just the same? Everything about God's work is different than mainstream society. Because that difference is what people see. And they mock it and they shame it. And they say that marriage shouldn't be this way. We're going to redefine it. Why? Because God's way is right. But it's different. But you see, the world can shame Christianity. But nobody can make you ashamed. Unless you give them permission. And if there's something in our heart that's making us ashamed. We can give God permission to take that shame away, to remove our reproach, to remove some complex that a parent or maybe a a relative or a coach or maybe even a pastor put inside of you and say, wait a second, let Jesus tell me who I am. I'm washed. I'm sanctified. And one day God's going to glorify me. Why? Because God loves me. And God died for me. And when God rose from the dead, he sealed the deal. And that love of Jesus Christ comes out of me and I am not ashamed anymore. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. And if you need something in your life, say, preacher, I need to take someone off my list that can shame me. Why don't you? Well, they'll shame you, but they won't be able to make you ashamed. Because God removes the shame of sin lives. 
God removes and replaces it with a heart full of joy and a heart full of peace and a heart full of love. Aren't you ready for that in your life? You can have that right now. Burning.